Welcome to the podcast, Cannons on the Run, episode 43, a podcast out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Father Jordan. And I'm Father Jonathan. And we are here to talk to you about life as Norbertines in formation, both actual formation and ongoing formation. And ongoing formation for you. Mm -hmm. So what have you been up to? Well, Jonathan. we've both been doing a bunch of running. Uh, I'll start with some of my running. Cannons finally on the run. <laughs> Cannons on the run. Though, the way the summer's worked out, our running and our schedules also, we've not been running together very much. I'm still doing my training program for the half marathon that we're both running in September. Um, but with you being at Notre Dame Academy now and having a school day in the middle of the day, your running is looking different. I know you'll get into that later. So my running has been primarily in the morning. Um, we've had some real cool mornings, so mm-hmm. that's been super excellent. So running, getting ready for that race in a few weeks. Um, other exciting news this past week, just taking care of some things at the Abbey. I had to take a driver's test. Which safe, was great. safe driver, defensive driver. Um, it was just like, I guess, yeah, it's just to make sure that we have paperwork at the Abbey. It's part of what our community uh, listeners, so you know, it's part of what our community does. I think a lot of religious communities do this, that in our, what our book of custom says is that we need to take a driver's test once every 10 years just to show that we're still doing fine, can drive. And basically it sets up a system. So as we age, then you're taking a test every five years at one point, then every couple of years, then once every year. So I'm guessing you never took this test. I had not. Right. Did you have to take and it when you entered? Yeah. Oh. Well, it became a policy, I think, my second year, no visit. Okay. So this whole time, I was driving unsafely with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, it was funny. So that, that went just fine. Um, when I met the person who was taking, giving me the written portion and then doing the you know, behind-the-wheel part together, he, I met him, and you know, I said, great, let's go over to this room, and I'll do the little written portion. And we sat down, and he wasn't doing anything. And then he looked at me and he said, oh, it's you. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm the one taking the driver's test. Like he was expecting someone else in the community. Oh. He's like, it was just, it was rather humorous. He, I you're think, so young. Right. I think he was trying to politely, he was going to say like, you're so <laughs> young. Yeah. So anyways, that was great. That went very well. He knows that I'm in Chicago studying. So he's like, well, if you can drive in Chicago and survive and do well, then you'll be fine around here. So. Use my blinker correctly to get out of the roundabout. He was very oh, impressed yes. by that. I was like, I know, I, yeah, I follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rule follower. <laughs> so other than that, um, fun things around the community here. We had an evening of adoration to pray for vocations. We do that the last Thursday of every month. So that was just this past Thursday, which was a beautiful time with our community. And then I went down to Chicago briefly getting ready for this upcoming school year. I'll be having a ministry practicum placement at Cristo Rey Jesuit High School in Chicago. I am excited to be there. It'll be a great experience. So getting set up there with my supervisor and setting up what the year is going to look like ahead. So kind of transitioning into the next stage and starting year two of of school. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, these last couple weeks have been busy as school has started at Notre Dame Academy and diving into my new ministry. The first week we're all teacher in-service meetings, which um, it takes a lot out of you being in in meetings, being talked to all day. So it felt like being a student. Hmm. This is how they feel listening to me. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) Charlie Brown. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, classes started this last week. um, So it's been fun to dive in, but also a real change in lifestyle and schedule for me of yeah, it's uh, it's uh, taking taking a lot of time, but has been challenging, but good. 
it's been fun. I've ran a few times with the cross country team and they have like 130, 150 runners on the team because they don't cut anybody. Other sports, they have tryouts and things. So it's, I guess if you can't make it in any other sport, join cross country. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, they they have really good runners and um, so it's been fun to bond with students on that level and get to know uh, coaches and more people mm-hmm. within Notre Dame Academy so hold on question about your cross country running then was there there were cuts and things like when you were running cross country no we my school we're too small but Notre Dame Academy has cuts for sports they have tryouts for sports if sure. you want to go for the soccer volleyball team right yeah gotcha okay so that's by comparison to that school for their other sports but cross country doesn't because I was going to say any experience of cross country that I have, there's never been cuts, which is why I personally love the sport and why I loved coaching it because I didn't have to worry about like, yeah. let's just let's get people being healthy, running together, having and a good time. And the politics of all of it. Yeah, you cut di- my kid. Mm, it's you difficult. monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be. Right. So that took that headache out of my life. Didn't have to worry about that. So yeah. cool. That's great that you're running with them. I love that. Yeah. It's a, it's a unique opportunity to develop a relationship outside of classroom. Mm-hmm. Also, this last weekend, I paced the Wassa Marathon through On Pace Race Company. This is your second time doing that, right? Pacing it? Uh, third time. First mm-hmm. time pacing the full marathon. I okay. paced the half marathon twice, and I was just too good. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> it's a it's a smaller smaller marathon, so uh, we got rid of the the faster half pace that I was running at um, because I was. I was up there. Yep, I remember uh, that from last so, year. Yeah, so it wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a need so for it. So we decided, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a great need. So I paced a slower marathon pace, and had the most unique, unexpected experience of I'm running and of course carrying the stick with my time, and then it has Father Jordan Neek on it, and one runner asks, "So you're a priest?" And I go, "I am." He's like, "What faith tradition?" Uh, the Roman Catholic Church. He says, will you hear my confession? And I'm mm. like, uh, yeah, sure. He said, I haven't been to confession in 40 years. So no place like the moment to celebrate the sacrament and you know, experience God's grace. Mm. That's so incredible. That's, that's absolutely incredible. 40 years. Wow. And came back because of a marathon. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Right. Yeah, yeah, we never know when God's grace is going to break through. That is so cool. Yeah. So amidst this busy time, this also leads us to our next episode and last part of John, the 23rd's Daily Decalogue. Woo-hoo! Yeah, where's the little confetti cannons? Yeah. And... There was much rejoicing. Wow. Yay! <laughs> so here we are, finally arriving at Pope St. John, the 23rd's Daily Decalogue, part 10, which reads, Only for today... I will have no fears. In particular, I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe in goodness. Indeed, for twelve hours I can certainly do what might cause me consternation were I to believe I had to do it all my life. It's a long one, like a few of the other ones. There's a lot going on there. So what stands out to me right away in this is the first part of this larger one is it's just a short sentence. Only for today I will have no fears. Period. For me, what comes to mind with fears is, you know, not to make light of it, but kind of the standard stuff, right? We're afraid of something going wrong. I'm afraid of something that ultimately is out of my control. I'm afraid of the unknown. That's where fear typically comes in. But then as I kept reading it, I realized this is talking about 
I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe in goodness. So to me, those are four positive words. Enjoy, beautiful, believe, goodness. I'm not going to be afraid of these good things, these beautiful things. So that was a big shift for me in realizing, oh, we're not talking about standard types of fear here. We're talking about not being afraid of being great, of being good, of believing in these things, believing in beauty. So this reminds me how Pope St. John XXIII developed this through his own life, right? This was his daily decalogue. So that's really important to remember, and I think a great time as we've gone through all 10 of these to, to revisit that, that this is what he did in his daily life. So part of what we're trying to do is just say, how is this speaking to me? Where does this come into my life? Because I don't, I can't fully get inside of St. John the 23rd's head and, you know, try and figure out what it was exactly here. But in his mind, this entire number all fit together. It all made sense to him. And so um, like the others, we're going to try and break this down in ways that we think make sense. Mm-hmm. So that first part. Well, it's almost, you know, you, you saying that uh, Frater Jonathan reminds me of the lecture I gave last week at the Norbertine Center for Spirituality mm-hmm. on Norbertine Spirituality and recognizing that Norbert had his own individual spirituality and we as Norbertines have our spirituality. So it's almost two distinct things of even this daily decalogue is St. Pope John the Twenty Third's spirituality. And in a sense, it also we can take his specific spirituality and develop it and make it our own as a wider church community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great point that you made in your talk with everyone at the Spirituality Center of recognizing the difference between how St. Norbert himself would have lived it out and recognizing right. our spirituality and recognizing the individual component that we bring to that. So, so like you said, this all comes together in uh, St. Pope John the Twenty Third's head, but mm-hmm. we we couldn't read his mind, right? Um, so, what? Yeah, what we're doing is you know, making it our own and coming to understand what this means for us and how we can use his exercises in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, on that note, to me, then this notion of fear, followed by saying, "I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe in goodness." is looking at and asking, why are we afraid of beauty? Why are we afraid of goodness? So questions like that always get me because it's easy to think, like, no, I'm not. I'm not afraid of that. Um, But I was reminded of a story I had or an experience I had in the last year with a spiritual director I went to. And he was just, you know, as we were talking, I brought up you know, one thing that we're all called to do as Christians is, you know, growing in holiness and trying to spend time in prayer, learning and, and being open to where it is I felt called to grow in holiness. And I remember expressing to him, I said, you know, I, that makes sense to me. Um, so I'm trying to be open to that. It's not that I can clearly say what it is, but I also feel a hesitation in growing in holiness because I told him I have a lot of friends who aren't Catholic And I don't want to necessarily grow in my faith in such a way that I just start to think absolutes. Like, well, this is what it is, and this is truth, and I've learned these things, and this is good, and and that's it. Because I didn't want to push those friends away that matter to me, those people that matter. Then he listened. He was a great listener. And he listened as I explained kind of some parts of that. And I'll never forget his response politely. It wasn't speaking down to me, but politely and kind of in a way of pointing to the obvious. He said, well, growing in holiness is trying to grow in a way to live more like Jesus did. 
who Jesus calls us to be and as our leader and example in our faith. And so he said, I don't see how growing to be more like Jesus and trying to grow in that, I don't see how that's going to push people away. I don't see what's going to be so offensive about that. And just that simple statement made me realize, oh yeah, man, I was like, I was being too sensitive. I was, I was thinking about it too much. So initially I think, you know, I thought I was being sensitive and that's what we hear so much in our culture, right, is to be sensitive to others' experiences. And of course we want to be, you, you need to be sensitive to each other's experiences, but I'd taken it too far and I was afraid of hurting other people's feelings and I essentially was using that as an excuse not to be challenged, not to grow in goodness, to, not to grow in beauty and to believe in what God has put in each of us and then to grow in that unapologetically to recognize that there is goodness and beauty in me, in the world around us, in the world around me, and to not be afraid of that. So it really helped me recognize this isn't about others. This is about me and what I'm afraid of. So he helped me kind of realize like, well, there's nothing to worry about that, you know, grow Mm -hmm. in those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that fear that we all have of not offending others or being open and sensitive to others really doesn't do us any favors in the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And I can recall reading a story about Dorothy Day, who before her conversion to Catholicism, I believe spoke about living with two Catholics who would pray in the morning, and she noticed something unique and special about them. And when she was on this path to conversion, this path in coming into full communion with the Catholic Church, She was a little bit angry when she reflected upon the experience of her two housemates and wondering why they never invited her to join them at Mass. She thought, this is something so unique and so special. Why would you not want to share that experience with others? At least invite them. And I don't know if this was, if the the two, what was going on in their minds of just trying to be polite and not offensive, but I think that that the beauty of the invitation um, should always be there mm-hmm. if we're living a life of discipleship. Mm-hmm. So speaking of discipleship, I mean, you brought that up as seeing that call to discipleship as a part of, of goodness that we're afraid of, which as we were preparing for this episode, interests me because I didn't necessarily think of that connection, which again points to this idea that just like St. John the Twenty Third had his own way of, of living this out and understanding his life in a way that got him to this daily decalogue. This is where I love us looking at these because even just reading this and talking about it between the two of us, we're coming at it from very different ways. And so it intrigues me that you see in this this idea of being afraid to believe in goodness or being afraid to enjoy what's beautiful as a way that's essentially connected to a fear of discipleship, right? Yeah, discipleship is scary business and it it draws us out of ourselves and Mm -hmm. it's asking us to lose control asking us to let go of the things that we want to do or the ideas that we have to really truly authentically follow christ and discipleship then takes that slowing down so in recognizing those moments as i think you frequently talk about frater jonathan of a day of i can have my schedule and it can be just blown apart mm-hmm. based upon <laughs> what what enters into my life or who God uh, graces me with and putting in my presence and calling me to serve in a in a unique and different 
way than what I originally expected and to find beauty in those moments of unexpectedness, right? To find goodness in the unexpected and letting go of that control of who I want to be or what I want to do and rather just being open to loving others and to loving God. Yeah, so this language from number 10 that I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful, to believe in goodness, as I'm hearing you say it, is about not being afraid of losing control in a sense. But interestingly, to me, it's a shift of language, which is what I hear you doing as well. So we could sit here and focus on, you know, okay, I know that desiring to be in control of everything in my life isn't healthy and I need to find balance in that. But we could also get lost, I think, in focusing on the negative. Okay, I need to not be so controlling about my life. Or I need to focus more on not being, not desiring to control everything and be open to God's will. That's good. I like that number 10 is offering another perspective with that and to say, okay, let's also focus on this fear of things going well, you know, even if including that I'm not in control, which is what I'm hearing you say, right? That it's that losing control can allow me then to focus on the next step, which is, you know, maybe I'm just afraid that what God has planned for me might be really great, might be really good. But since I can't figure out what that is, it's safer to control it because then I can kind of think about it, you know, versus just believe in goodness, believe in beauty that God loves us and is doing everything in our lives for that good amidst even difficulties, amidst chaos when we lose control. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is really difficult. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. It's really easy to sit here in front of a microphone and talk about it. <laughs> well, it's almost playing it safe isn't what discipleship is about. And if we look at the early disciples and the apostles of the apostles, I think everyone lost their lives to martyrdom and giving their mm-hmm. life. So like physically giving their life to something that they truly believed in and I think when we truly give our life, that's when we find, that's when we don't have fear. That's when we found what is beautiful and good. And that's why so often we hear, be not afraid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is one of those, I love that, you know, people talk about that's one of the most frequently used phrases in the Bible. I did a little research on it, and there's a few articles out there that talk about there being 365 instances of advice being written in the various books of the Old and New Testament saying, do not be afraid or be not afraid. And I thought, wow, that's great. You could like meditate or, you know, spend time in prayer with one of those a day all year round. Did a little further digging, and at least I found a couple of sources that said, well, it's kind of a myth. It's in there a ton, but it's not there maybe 365 times. So one blogger that I read found it 145 times throughout, which is pretty great. So either way, it's in there a ton and it's one of the most frequent ones so that would definitely be one way to celebrate finding what's beautiful and what's good is to find you know a verse you probably have a few that come to mind and if not just do a quick google and grab a couple there are plenty of good ones about just do not be afraid be not afraid and to let go of that fear to focus on good however one that i want to focus on that's outside of the phrases of do not be afraid but is another instance of that is the Canticle of Daniel, which is found in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. And the part that we pray regularly on Sundays occasionally and on feast days is verses 57 through 88. And as we pray with the Canticle of Daniel, we'll give an example for our listeners. So if I were the cantor, I would say, I would sing, 
bless God beyond the stars. Give praise and glory. From everyone else. And then it keeps going. So bless God, sun and moon. Give praise and glory. Bless God, birds of the air. Give praise and glory. And it does this over and over again, as you heard from verses 57 through 88, like almost all of that. So it's a lot. <laughs> and on our not so great days, well, I'll speak for myself. There are times where I'm like, ah, oh, we're praying that one today. And it's just like you kind of space out and do it. Well, that's terrible. We all know that. But hey, I'm human. Pray for me. <laughs> um, but give in, praise and glory. <laughs> give praise and glory. But really, I've, I've grown to love it more because exactly that reason that we're saying it over and over again so it's helping us recognize to focus on and not be afraid of the beautiful god has made all this beautiful creation so um through um family through confreres i've really found there's just this profound beauty in this canticle and we actually got to pray it twice in a row um with the feast of saint bartholomew and then um on saturday and then sunday as well so praying those back to back and it's just a beautiful way of recognizing the beauty and the goodness in there right and the the repetition is key to the the canticle of Daniel because as we read in scripture, how often do the Israelites forget the covenant with God? Mm -hmm. Well, they don't forget it in a sense when things are bad and they go, God, remember us. But when things are good and they turn from God, uh, how often are they giving praise and glory? And I think that's even in our own life of how often do we just kind of forget God? And so this repetition is key in recognizing in our daily lives. Give praise and glory to God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's just a good one to pray together. In this Canticle of Daniel, you'll find in the Science Hall at St. Norbert College, uh, imprinted there, because it's uh, also a verse of starting with nature and working its way up to human beings and mm-hmm. to, to, the, to the divine. So it's recognizing everything that we do is rooted and has its origin in God. And what's beautiful about this Canticle of Daniel is reading about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were members of the royal court for King Nebuchadnezzar. And they refused to bow down and worship a statue of the king. Is that correct? It was a a golden statue. I don't recall if it was of him, but yeah. Okay, a golden statue. So they were thrown in this furnace And this canticle is being sung by them as they're in this fiery furnace, and they remained untouched. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of a fiery life of, you know, a lot going on in all our lives, and for them quite literally being engulfed by flames, praise and glory to God that we're not touched or unscathed. Mm -hmm. Right. And as you had said in our conversation earlier, that they were— literally focusing on the beautiful, focusing on God and not focusing on fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so spend some time with that one in prayer. If you read chapter 3 of the book of Daniel, it, you see what happens before and after the canticle of the dialogue that happens in the king really being profoundly moved and changed when they realize that they've not been burned this entire time and how it transforms the people because these three men focused on God and were not afraid to believe in that goodness. So... This wraps up our discussion of the Daily Decalogue, all 10 of them. We have finally arrived. It's been a long journey, listeners. We have arrived. We have made it, though. Thank you for traveling with us through this. If you have any uh, feedback on this, specifically or especially if it's about the idea of us having a series like this, if there are certain little bits you'd love to hear us talk about, 
um, especially how it relates to us as Norbertines in our own lives. Um, whatever it might be, we'd love to hear from you uh, regarding that. But thanks for, for joining us on this journey through Pope St. John XXIII's Daily Decalogue. If you want to learn more about Canons on the Run, go to www.norbertines.org, click on the podcast tab, and you can contact us by clicking on Contact the Podcast Team. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a review and rating. Also, like us on Facebook. So thanks again for joining us on this journey through Pope St. John XXIII's Daily Decalogue. Let us keep one another in prayer and remember to not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe in goodness today and always in the goodness of our God. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. St. Norbert Augustine and Pope John XXIII. Pray Pray for for us. us.